Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, where I join community artist Evelynia Liang Can and social worker Terence Moy of the Caritas Community Development Service as we take a look at the exhibition Back to Thy Roots for Sheer Happiness. The exhibition, curated by Evelynia and organised jointly with Caritas, looks at the culture and traditions of five different geographical districts in Hong Kong where Caritas social workers are active, sometimes with the elderly or otherwise it can be communities that have been displaced. A group of elderly fishermen in Sai Kung were moved due to the construction of a reservoir and with that went their boats and the sea life and work that they had known. So Evelynia was brought in to collaborate on an art project, together celebrating that Tankar heritage. In the exhibition, we head to Sai Kung, Chung Chao, Pok Falam, Fan Ling and Jun Long and chat about salted fish, fringed hats, patterned braids and ensuring that these traditions are preserved for the generations that follow. The exhibition was set up in a heritage building in Castle Peak Road for the first week but will now be available to view online for the next six months. So if you'd like to take a look at some of the items we talk about in the programme, then just type the title into Google. So that's Back to Thy Roots for Sheer Happiness. And those details are also available on the Hong Kong Heritage Facebook page. I'm Terence, I'm a social worker of Caritas. This exhibition is co-organised by five districts. Okay, This one is Sai Gong. Sai Kong Doi Min Hoi village, a group of fishermen, okay, they moved to the village because of many reservoirs, okay, yeah, so they moved to the land and stay there, and the village is built by the casting, so we have a long history um, to work with the fishermen, so this is the installation. So basically, this group of fishermen uh, have been more in around the Manyi Reservoir area and because of shortage of water supply in Hong Kong, so they were pushed out, they were actually kicked out by the Hong Kong government to go to land. And for many, many years, they were very sad and said that the Hong Kong people had forgotten about us and and that uh, we are nobody, we give, we give up our moor, we give our harbour, we give up all our fishing boat, and now there's nothing for us. So Caritas, the centre, that uh, started to help these fishermen, and then Mr. J, the previous supervisor, asked me if I can do anything to help this group of elderly fishermen. So when was this? In Sai Kong. When? Five years ago, something almost. like that, yeah. almost, yeah and see if I can use artwork to make them happy. And I said, sure, you know. So I went into the center, I talked with them, listened to their stories, and I encouraged them to do creative work. And now, five years later, you can see the result. Okay, let's have a look around then. So you've got all of these boat, uh, yeah, sort of fishing, boat, fishing boat models. These are fishing models, models that which they, they created. Yeah, which oh. they created and tell us about the story of a wedding festival, and the groom's boat, the bride's boat, the family grandpa, grandma's boat, uncle, auntie's boat, and all this, <laughs> and how they should put together in the harbor before the wedding. And so they created this. And then inside the little room, the bride will uh, go inside the little, little uh, sampan, and then will start singing songs with her friends 
and said that I have so thankful to my parents, so thankful and all that. And you can see it's a little, little area where they will serve tea and then they will sing their song and say goodbye to their parents. And it's not really sad, sad one. This, the Tanka people is only that, it's the tradition. We've got this lovely wall here which has got the Tanka type costumes on it, a bright red top and a, a black trousers. Also, this is the bridal chest. And inside the bridal chest, the very important thing is the bundle, carry baby. Is, oh, yes. Yeah, yes. It's, it's like handmade by grandmother for the bride, like a blessing that when you go to get married, your first job is to create a son <laughs> or daughter. Yes, yeah. yes. So this is there. Oh, beautifully embroidered, yes. yes. This is, uh, what would you call it, but it's actually to, you know, hold the baby on your back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's got some beautiful embroidery on it. And across the wall here, you've got fishing nets, all the kind of paraphernalia that would you you'd be using on a sampan or a fishing junk. So it's the tanga hats. And it's only, do you know, it's only recently that I realized that there was a specific... Yes. Tanka hat. Yes, yes, uh, and yes, yes I, that, yeah, that I come into Aberdeen yeah. <laughs> every day and I've never realized that they, that they do have a specific one and you've got nets here. And what is amazing is after five years working with this group of elderly fishermen, and I said, instead of doing fishing net, can you create something fun? And I said, can you make fishes, octopus, seaweed, or whatever? And this is how they create. Oh, jellyfish as well, yes, yes. And this is how they create using the fishing technique instead of fishing net because they are 80 years old, 85, and so they will enjoy doing all this and tell me this is what, what fish. And this is Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's clever, isn't it? So it's all made out of colorful string, really, yeah. or colorful netting. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, beautifully done. And uh, well, I mean, were all these old guys happy to work with you? Oh, they are more than happy. Before that, they stay in the village, and they think they are, the skills is uh, valueless, no, no, no value, they just sit, sit at home. It must be very difficult to go from, you know, a life of fishing active, even if you are older, they would have still potted around on the boat, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're put into this urban setting. They thought that the, the, the children, they all moved to the, to, to the land, so they don't go to the sea anymore. So they, they love the sea. And even their children, they don't want to listen to their stories, their father's stories or parents' stories. So they think their skills is uh, outdated and uh, nobody will uh, want to understand. But you will come to the village and ask them to uh, use their old skills. <laughs> Not just the fish, they use it to make the clothes and have a fashion show. Oh, they yeah. they become more active and energetic yeah, in the in the village. So yeah. So tell me about that. How how the the fishing materials were used for a fashion show? I just invite them again. It's like you know I want to tell the story to the public, and I have this chance to present them in the Heritage Museum a couple of years ago. And I said, can we sing the song, and then do the fashion show with their own creation? and then walk around in the museum, and I did that. And actually, I won an award with ah. the ADC with that. That was three years ago. Oh, with the Arts Development yeah, Council. Yeah. 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 So we've been having a look at Sai Kung, which was uh, a group of fishermen that uh, Evelynia worked with nearly five years ago, and they were moved off a reservoir, felt that their lives had become a bit pointless as they tried to readjust living in an urban setting. And uh, so through art, 
was able to spark themselves up again. And uh, so it's a lovely display of their models based on how a wedding would look with the Danka people. Right. Now then we move on to Changzhou. And the Changzhou fishermen are not Danka. And Changzhou's people are mostly from Bo'an in the southern part of Guangdong province. And they are in fishing seafood business for many generations. And uh, during a lot of uprising in China, they moved to Changzhou. And then out of necessity, they become fishermen. So they are called the floating, water floating people. They are not tanka. In Chinese, 水面人, 水面人, water, above water people. Ah. <laughs> Most of them do not go out to deep sea fishing, but they will like coastal fishing. And so we recorded their life story, and their best skill is salted fish and sun-dried shrimp and all the seaweed uh, and, and all that. And then we took video their livelihood, and then the elderly man made a big model of the boat that day. Yeah, you've got yeah an enormous model, well, a large model here, which is of... Uh, again, of their fishing boat. So they're, they're skilled not only at the, the fishing side of things, but they're creative in other ways. And uh, the video here that you've got, so that was shot where? In Changzhou. Oh, okay. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. So, so people, this is the, the not deep sea, but yeah. it's like coastal fishing. Yeah. And then their best skill is so creative, I have to show you something. Originally, the fishing net is made of ham, and then they do it like that, and then they dye the ham with juice from this yam, and then it won't get moldy in the salty water. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, so they so take the hemp, so I'm looking at it over here, and it looks like sort of dry straw. You process it by adding yam juice. Yes. Uh, it gives it a, a sort of more of a, a warm brown color. And this is their creativities. Mm. When you are on a boat, you don't have a spoon. What you, you do, you just get a seashell, and then you make a spoon out of it. <laughs> and this is so be I think this is artwork. They, all these are handmade. Uh, the wisdom of the, of the fishermen on boat, when there's nothing, they created it. Oh, yes. And make it into something just too, yeah. too beautiful. So just use the materials you've got yeah. there. And then I'll take you upstairs. Upstairs is you can see the most famous product is the salted fish. Ah, yes. Okay. Yes. So we've got five districts here, you were saying. Yes, so, so we've had a look at uh, Saikong, the Danka, uh, Chungchao. Actually, at the very beginning, the supervisor asked me to help with the fishermen. And I said, I do not want to work with Changzhou because when I came to Hong Kong, 1949, my father took us, we settled in Changzhou first. And it's a place I remember so vividly that it's a place, the place that save our family's life. And I want, if I'm going to do Changzhou as my heritage, it will be my last project. So this should be my last project. <laughs> <laughs> and I still love salted fish. Yes. <laughs> because when I was young, I mean, from baby, and then I will have salted fish, little salted fish, almost every meal. Because uh, that's the best taste, again, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're a little bit windy out here because we've just come out and this is lovely heritage building, the Yujungi Academy, which is here at 800 Castle Peak Road and is used for a variety of different projects. And there's also a cafe here and I'll definitely be coming back to actually look at the heritage building itself. 
But I'm here at the exhibition Back to Thy Roots for Sheer Happiness Culture in Local Life, which is set up on two floors. And uh, we've just come up, we've been looking at Sai Kung and Chung Chao and how the fishermen were involved with Evelyn Yeah in different art projects. Here in front of us, I can see lots of patterned bands. These are haka, and they're beautifully woven, usually by the women, although recently I met a young man who's mm -hmm. also learnt how to do that weaving, but it's beautiful. They've all strung down from the, the roof beams here. So I'm going to take you to see the salted fish first. Okay, let's go and have a look at the salted fish. Because I presented it in a very different way, not like normally you go to a, a dai-o or go to a fishing market to see salted fish. Because to me, they are gourmet. They are something that we have to treasure. They are something that we have to give them the most precious presentation. So here it is. That's very interesting. It looks like a five-star hotel. Yes. <laughs> so this is how I present them. So in very posh, posh jars. Yes. And the dry, uh, little dry shrimp and the dry sun-dried prawn. And you can smell it. Mm. Oh, yes. Lovely. So you just opened up the jar lid and uh, I mean it looks like great big wine I'm not doing it justice saying jar actually it looks like great big wine glasses with yes. tops on and um, so we've got the salted fish and uh, the salted shrimp there yeah you can really smell it there and some a spring onion alongside oh it's a real show you know COVID is it really does yeah. uh, spoil things because not only from the health perspective obviously but also while people will be able to see this online thankfully it is rather nice to see it in its original form so we've got the salted fish here and then the way I present it is we have to treasure them because this is part of our generation heritage. I love salted fish. I just love... I, I your, your, your grandmother used to make it for you. Yes, yeah, yes, you every, every meal. You know, I have that little salted fish, but this one is the expensive one. And, and then I have to introduce this one to you. I call it one night stand. <laughs> and they always say, Evelina, don't say it. It's, it's one day salted fish, I think, something like that. But I call it one night sand. They just put salt on it for only one day. Oh. And then they will just steam it and eat it on the boat. When they catch this fish from the sea and then they do not have enough time to come back to shore, they will just eat this. And they just salted it a little bit. And But this is the most delicious fish that you have never tasted. So next time I'll treat it to you. All right, okay, right. fish. Not as dry as this one. Yes, yeah. yes, you can one, see it's more moist so and oily. Half, yeah. half dry, half fresh. Right. So um, we call it one, yet, yet seen, one day fresh. fresh. One but, day I, day. but I call it one <laughs> night stand. <laughs> and you have to eat it with spring onion, with dry shallot, and also lemongrass and then it will become the best. It's just it's just like herring. Uh-huh. Yeah, just like herring. And then I use it now. Uh, if you come to my place to eat, this will be your your uh -huh. appetizer. Right, I right. just cut it very thin and then you just eat it. Right, so yeah. it's just salted for one day. Yeah. And the other salted fish, when you have um, unsalted shrimp, how long do you salt those for? This is maybe from fresh to like this, maybe five days if it is uh -huh. under 
the sun. Okay. Under the sunlight. It has yeah. to be with sunlight. Yes. If not, they will get moldy. Right, right. Okay, so, but for the shrimp, is you have, you catch them and then you cook them and then you sun dry them. So this is different. This is fresh sun dry and this is cooked sun dry. Right. So you can see the different color. Yes, yes. For this uh, baby one, you can just pick it up and eat now because it's cooked. Yeah, and this you still have to steam it. But someone told me they just love to eat it. They usually made it around the um, mid-autumn festival. Yeah, because um, the stream is um, the best. The best. Ah. And also the, the weather. Yes, yes, dry. it's very yeah, dry, dry and sunny, and isn't dry. it? Yeah. This is seaweed, a different type of seaweed that uh, the fishermen will eat. So you've got them suspended in glass here, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. It's like an ornament. <laughs> yes, it's just beautiful. And different type of seaweed than normally you can just uh, find it on the beach. But now in Changzhou, all that you are seeing have disappeared because of pollution. Where did you find these then? Uh, from the elderly fishermen uh, inside their own house. Oh, yeah, right. these are their treasure. Oh. Yeah. So what you're seeing here is the Changzhou fisherwoman's business. They do all this fishing, knit, uh, use the same method as knitting the fish. Yeah, they look yeah. like string bags. Yes. Yeah, and then you, the, you can, if you go to Changzhou, you can buy these. Oh, nice. And support them. Yes. Yeah. So they've got all these beautiful string bags, uh, multicolored colors, and you've put balls inside so that, you know, um, so that we can actually see the lovely patterns of the bags. And these string bags are, or netting bags, are available in Changzhou. They're, they're useful for all your shopping and everything, aren't they? Yes, as well, they, they, they as well are beautiful. As being colourful, yes. Because they are very flexible. Yes. You can, put, you, you can put a lot of things in it. Yes, and but nice and, and light in not, the bag. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and it's also environmentally friendly. Yeah. This yeah. is the purpose of creating this bag. And so the, not just so for, for what characters have been doing, is not just helping them as a social worker but to empower them through their own heritage. So has Caritas been involved in all these districts? Changzhou for many years. Um, 20, oh, is it? Nearly 50. 50? No. Wow. Changzhou, yeah. 50 years? Near 50, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Caritas helps with the community, so just the elderly, or how is it involved with, no, with all these? No, all the people in the village. Yeah. Yeah, all the people in the village. They, they moved to the land because of the typhoon. Yeah, so they're the house. Is it Wendy? One dot. Yeah, yeah, one dot. Wendy. Oh, Typhoon Wonder in 19, yeah. 1962. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, so they moved to the land and their village was built by the, also the Catholic. So we have a long history with them. Yeah. I see. So Caritas involved for nearly 50 years uh, with the people in, in Chengchao, with this fishing community. I'm here at the Yao Jungi Academy. And as we look around the exhibition, Back to Thy Roots for Sheer Happiness Culture, in local life. This is looking at five geographical districts. Saigong, Zhengzhou, Fenlang for Hakka and Waikou, and then Hoklo for Popolong Village, and, and Chiuzhou from Yunlong. We're now looking at some Hakka pattern yes. bands. So these were used, they're uh, primarily worn by the Hakka women. So you'd have the Hakka women often uh, using plant dyed clothes that often came out at dark brown or black. And so this is a, and then the, the, you'll know the, the black fringed hats that Hakka women wear. So the actual pattern bands are this bright piece of colour that would be hung down from their hats, also embroidered on their aprons. Yes, and then when I first started with this heritage, the, the pattern band, 
It's like I always wonder how come there's a different color? How come there's white? How come there's red? And then the lady will start to tell me it all have meaning. The color have meaning. And then I said, okay, if it is white and blue, that means that it's a virgin. It's still a virgin, not married. If it is a bright green and bright red, that means that you are a grandmother already. It's like this is how they can tell your status. And also, by looking at the the pattern band, there are symbols like heart shape symbol, heart shape, and front and back are woven differently. And this is the tree of life. This one, tree of life, with the heart at the top, and this is two heart with the baby, and this is all like the story of the lady who, who's doing this pattern band. And then people from afar will look at the the color, and then they said, "Oh, okay, I cannot flirt with this、uh, woman. She's already married. You know? <laughs> I better keep my mouth shut." If they see something. Like with white, with a little bit white, and color, they say, "Ah,、oh, she's not yet married." Then I can go and approach her, you know. So this is like.、Uh, so this is funneling. This is funneling. So no, it's a beautiful setup here. You've got some、uh, the wedding chest. Um, some old furniture, as you would have seen, and、uh, also some of the costumes. And it's funny when you're looking back at the culture, and you were talking about the salted fish, and you're talking about how the fishermen downstairs, or the fishing communities, fishing women as well, would make things from nothing. I think sometimes when we're in future generations, we're saying, "Oh, let's save their culture, let's save their costumes," and we're expecting something elaborate. The fact is, with that, particularly when I'm just looking at the Hakka culture or any of them. Life was hard. Life was incredibly simple. You just had to adapt what you had. Right, and you make make fun out of it,、yeah. out of nothing,、yeah. and to create out of nothing. And so we go to Popolam Village. Okay, so we're heading off from. We're doing <laughs> doing quite the tour today at the、uh, Back to Thy Roots for Sheer Happiness Culture in Local Life Exhibition. Now, this exhibition is here at 800 Castle Peak Road at this beautiful heritage building. Unfortunately, just for this week, so I might be actually、uh, by the time、uh, people can access it over the, after this first week, then it's going to be online. And、uh, so I think that's a, a great way to adapt in COVID times, because other, otherwise people wouldn't be able to see all this beautiful craftsmanship from these different communities. So we've gone today from Saikung to Chungchao.、Uh, we've popped up to Fanling, and now here we are. At Popfulam, at Popfulam Village, and Popfulam Village, half of the population are、uh, we call it Hoklo, Hoklo, and they are the poor clan from the Chuchao clan. Actually, they are also Chuchao, but they are、uh, from the poorer position. So Chuchao would come from where?、Uh, Chuchao will be Santao, Suato, Suato. So they are also from that area, but they are a little bit lower class. And so, but this is something very interesting. Is when they have to go out in the field or do a coolie or do a hard labor, they can only eat one meal a day. But then they will drink the tea, and in their tea, they grind the tea leaves, and then they boil it、uh, hot water and boil it with、uh, pulp rice. And so that means that when they have no meals, they can drink that tea and still have energy. So it's、um, with pulp rice. Yeah, pulp rice, and then they grind it, 
they grind it in the in, in, in the pot like this they grind it and so uh, in this project we have artists to teach them how to do this big bowl with you make the bowl and inside the bowl you have all these uh, ridges ridges and so when you grind it with uh, with uh, branches the tea leaves the leaf will be grind so did you make these bowls specially for the exhibition uh, no, each, uh, we have an artist, ceramics, oh, that, that, yes. that went to the village and teach all the neighbors. And oh, so, so, this is a project so of this, this project is so beautiful. Is each family, each family, the whole family will create one bowl and then they write their name. Oh, they, how lovely. And the children will do the drawing. The, that one is children's draw. So I'm just looking here at a room of, we've got about five or six of these large ceramic bowls that would have been used in Pokfalam and still uh, continue to make tea that um, then uh, would have been used, you know, when you're on the fields and you drink the tea and it would have pulped rice in it in order to keep you going. And uh, here we've got uh, one of the ceramic artists involved in the project has trained up or worked with a residence, Hoklo residents of, of Pokfalam. Yes, and so the whole family will, uh, one family will do one bowl, and this will become their own treasure. And so this is a project is not, we learn from the heritage, and we pass down to the younger generation. Yes, because I do find... all love it. Yeah, because I, I would suspect that the, the kind of work that you've been doing, I mean, if I may say now, you're in your early 70s, you've been doing yes. this for a very long time, uh, which is fantastic. But I, I, what I think is happening is through you, I also recently talked to a young man who has lear who learnt the pattern band weaving um, because he didn't feel that he'd spent enough time with his Hakka grandmother and he, he wanted to, and she'd passed away and he wanted to learn uh, some of this culture to take forward. And the amazing thing is, and I think I ought to get him on the programme, is that... Um, he is now taking it back to Hakka villages yeah. in order to continue this tradition. And I think what you're working, uh, the kind of work you're doing and Terence, is that you'll be working with these older people, but you're also helping to take the it forward generation. to the next yeah, generation. Yeah. yeah. And this is something you do not see on this table, is now they drink the tea together and they only use one chopstick. Oh, yeah. And because this is mostly tea, Oh, yes. So they drink it and then just shovel so it then, in, and then and then and then they will for the puff rice and then the, maybe some other herbs, vegetable. Then they will just use one chopstick to to do it. And uh, a few well, two months ago, I learned. I tried to go and learn this way, and then I have difficulties trying to eat it. You know, with one chopstick. But Can you uh, other sort of rural skills? Can either of you eat? You know, when you have those sunflower seeds, are you able to, in your mouth, strip the sun? And then, <laughs> I no, was, I, yeah. they, they will just do it yeah, they, yeah. while they are talking, and then they can just spit I out know. the sun. Can you yeah. do that? You know, when you have a sunflower seed. No, I, I lived in a Hakka village in the Northern New Territories for about five years, and that was a skill I always wanted to learn, was to be able to eat a sunflower seed, strip it in my mouth yeah. and eat it. And always I just ended up eating the whole thing again yeah. because it was too embarrassing. Yeah. And so, one other thing about uh, Pafulam village is the fire dragon. Ah, yes. Okay. So now. So that's quite famous. When when yeah. is that? It's once um, a year. It's just yeah, after. Once a year. It's just a mid autumn. autumn yeah, yeah festival. mid autumn festival. But other than the fire dragon, actually, there's something very important. Is we call it the 
the big fire panel that they will walk in front of the dragon as if they as if it's a banner and said that here come the dragon and it's all light up. So here in front of you, you will see a replica of the fire dragon banner. I see. So in front, so when the whole village is involved, and I've been along for that, and and uh, and it's interesting because you also have the fire dragon at Taihang, don't you? Yes, as well? yes, yeah. This one is a little bit different. This one will go straight into the water. Ah. Yes, in into in the Taihaowan water in the waterfall. In a lot of the Chiu family, uh, when they visit each other, uh, they are not like the hot low. Okay, the hot low are poorer. The, this is a little bit, a little bit more, you say, uh, not rich, but a little bit well off. The way they serve the tea is almost like Japanese tea ceremony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're much smaller they have cups. To, yeah. They have to smell the tea, uh, boil the water, and then uh, serve people in a different way. And so, but this is normally when you go into a family, you come to there, and they will always say, have to sit down and have some tea. If you say no, that means that you are being rude. So this you have to. And sometimes in front of you, you can see different sizes of of uh, little teacup. This means that how they serve it, you know, one by one. My thanks to community artist and curator Evelynia Liankan and Terence Moy of the Caritas Community Development Service. Talking to me there about the exhibition, Back to Thy Roots for Sheer Happiness, which you can take a look at online. Just type that title into Google, so that's Back to Thy Roots for Sheer Happiness, and the online link will be shown. Thanks for listening, and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage. <laughs>